0: Oh. Hey Candace. And hello to our beautiful patrons and welcome to the book club. Woo! <laughs> it's the original theme song. Do not copyright that. So, hi, welcome. I am I I just got a jolt of beautiful, loving, comforting, and exhilarating energy when just thinking about welcoming everybody to our first book club episode ever with our first book. And the book that we are diving into in this inaugural season is Audrey Lorde's Sister Outsider. So good. And so for those of you, if you are reading along with us, fabulous. Thanks. It's going to be fun. And if not, you can also, we hope that it's still experience that you can listen to our revelations and reflections about Audrey's incredible work and her words and i already just from the first few chapters diving in it's just been an incredible experience and and truly uh dna restructuring Mm, totally the first three chapters so i can't wait to get into it and so nicole how did we honestly how did we decide end up deciding upon this one
1: i think we went with the vote that we got for what book we wanted to do because we had so many books we wanted to do so up on the patreon you're right so yeah also
0: i mean that's perfect because we had so many so we put up to a vote and i think we had a vote for sister outsider immediately we're going for it then we're in mm-hmm. so if you guys for the next one if you have books if you want would like to nominate books or yeah if you have any suggestions please reach out to us because we'd love to hear what y'all are either reading or thinking about reading we have a long list ourselves so we'll continue <laughs> we putting polls up but Definitely yeah. let us know.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I think this is a really good book to start with because one, it's diving deep into some complex mm-hmm. issues and ideologies and, and it's in a form that allows you to have space to think about these things.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a perfect lead in. So for those of you who are reading longer, if you're just having an introductory to this book... It is essentially a collection of some of Audre Lorde's most revolutionary pieces of writing. Most of them, I believe it's it's throughout the years, but most of them taking place earlier in her career. I believe most of them were written around the 70s, 90s. We'll probably go through it when we go through the actual poems and chapters. So it is a collection. So it's easy to jump into one story or one really journal. you can think of it. It feels so intimate they feel like journal entries. so it's jumping into an aspect of Audrey's thinking and her perspectives and reflections on that. So it's really interesting. Mm. So mm-hmm. jump in with us at any point when we're reviewing the episodes because it's it's easy enough just to catch up really quick.
1: Absolutely. I think we should also introduce our author a little. Who yeah. I just found out is an Aquarius. Uh-huh. And I, I was like, oh, there we go. We're heading into the <laughs> age of Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> With this Saturn Jupiter conjunction happening in the next week, uh-huh. next Monday. And that ju- that's just beautiful because it is sh- her work really is such a highlight of Aquarian, the collective thought and putting in different perspectives and bringing this whole complex, complete thought. Audre Lorde is so many things she was a writer a feminist a lesbian a mother a black woman a poet an activist Mm -hmm. her her titles go on and on and on she was spectacular back in her day and still today she is so much more spectacular than I will ever be
0: I mean well don't say that don't write that (laughs) But okay. I want to be—I just want to be as fantastic in mm. my own way. No mm-hmm, one can mm-hmm. ever be as fantastic as her in her lane, in you her know? way. Absolutely, what we're all reaching for. But yeah, I've heard so much about her. Just diving in and and reading more about this book already. I'm like, holy shit! This is why people have been talking about this, mm-hmm. and also she's she's been saying this, and she was saying this decades ago, decades ago. Yeah. And so it's—I
1: know it's well, that's comforting. I was crazy. telling Nicole-
0: I'm, it's comforting to hear that, you know, this incredibly beautifully complex Black woman was feeling this and having these revelations that I'm having right now in 2020. But it was also like, why the fuck did I not hear this from her when I was younger? Mm-hmm. Where was her voice in history? Where was her voice in even the New Age movement yeah, that we have Yeah, in like,
1: the self-improvement world. Drew Lord's work has the answers. Absolutely. And where is it now? And I
0: think that's where, mm, oof, I yeah. feel a like fire. So this is I why <laughs> I'm so glad that we're bringing this into this conversation because this is, in so many ways, the backbone of the spiritual work and even like the life coaching education mm-hmm. we both received is yeah. like revelations from Audrey's journal. Yes. And specifically what we're going to go into today, which is notes from a trip to Russia, the first chapter you could say or the first piece of writing in Sister Outsider. So- we're raring
1: to go. I feel it now. Absolutely. Um, I feel a fire in my bones right now.
0: Yeah. And we're we're going to play with this. So y'all, of course, please let us know. Again, you can send us a message on the website, yes. anchor.fm slash conscious dash consideration or for your conscious consideration at gmail.com. Let us know. Or just in the Patreon, just send us a, a message or post it up. If you have any suggestions for how you'd like these episodes to go, we're thinking we're going to give an overview, share our top three each of the quotes that really hit us deep. And then we always want to end it, of course, with a piece of integration. So we want to end it with the one aspect, theme, role, phrase, part of the chapter that really activated us at our core and how we are choosing to integrate it, consciously integrate it into our lives going forth. So that's going to be our our big old button that we're going to put at the end of every one of these book club reviews, book club sessions, book club hangouts. But yeah, if you have suggestions, please let us know. We want this to be a collaborative experience as much as we can. Let's go in. So Let's notes from a trip this. to Russia, the first opening chapter... And really an overview of this, it's, I, I recorded is, is really just like the musings of 1970s Russia from a black queer woman. And it, mm-hmm. and she goes through different phases of talking about her dreams in some points, actual experiences in some points. And she's basically recounting these two, I believe a two week trip that she took to Russia for a press tour, it seems to do a big project. A conference back then. It was a conference, right? It
1: was an African Asian conference, so it was a group exactly. of marginalized people, and that is such a big part of what I got out of that too. Right,
0: and I, I'm so excited to see what we both picked up from it. Picked up from it, yeah. Because I, I, I was oh, I, I feel like some things are going to be similar, and some things it's like oh yeah, I didn't even see it that way. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's really her musings from there, and just during these two weeks, these journaling sessions. So. Just to go in, Nicole, what was your overall experience reading
1: this chapter, this this work? This first essay, fe- or it wasn't even an essay, honestly, because it felt like her personal journal entries, the way it's written and the way it's divided. She brings you along this trip, and right. it was complex because there's so many different lenses happening because you have Russia being this other side of the coin to the usa at that time and she compares new york and russia a lot new york Mm -hmm. and moscow specifically a lot and so there's that happening and then you have her experience as a black woman in russia and then at a conference Mm -hmm. where it's supposed to be african asian and she still mentions how there's only like four black women and then you have this whole it just it keeps going and going and going it gets deeper and deeper and so mm-hmm. in the, i remember in the middle of it i was just okay where are we <laughs> what is what is going on and how do you it, am i going to be brought back out of it and i loved that i wasn't because it is her journal entries she's just kind of like mm-hmm. that was my experience that was my trip to russia and so i was able to pick out so many different perspectives and lessons to dig deep into and i have 95 quotes <laughs> i know but we're I'm gonna narrow it like, down to three
0: <laughs> we're gonna try to narrow it down i'm looking through my notes right now like okay which does she even i had five notes on the first page i was i was genuinely like how do we narrow this down and i'm the one that made that suggestion so obviously not <laughs> a good choice on my part yeah i i, I think you explained it perfectly also just the, the feel that I got as well where it felt very intimate it felt like and I was cozied up with like some tea at the point so it just felt like hey girl we're just talking and I my experience immediately I felt very validated in just the mm. just the whole experience of being a black woman abroad in a especially at that time I cannot even imagine but in a place that is primarily white people Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so that immediately i felt this relatability to her and i think that's where a lot of my reading into it i'm not sure i'll pick if i'll pick it as one of my quotes but yeah my experience was really just feeling seen in that aspect of so much of the background feelings Mm -hmm. that are just always there when you are abroad as a black woman or surrounded by Surrounded by foreignness and also surrounded by whiteness in most in most mm-hmm. scenarios. So, yeah,
1: yeah. Let's go into a quote because I really yeah. think that this will break it down. And I you're, feel you're like have to start the opening line is <laughs>
0: stop. Okay, like ahead, not the opening
1: line. It. I think it's it's just so sh- it opens with her talking about actually her dream when she returned home from Russia, she talks about how she's been dreaming a lot and how at first she was dreaming about Moscow every night. And the dream was so interesting because it's it, it, it there were so many layers of it because it, the quote that stands us out immediately, it says, In one dream, I was making love to a woman behind a stack of clothing in Gum's department store in Moscow. And that... That immediately was just okay. That that is so telling of what's supposed to happen. The fact that there's it, there's such depiction of a stack of clothing in Gums department store in Moscow, and then she goes on to talk about how that woman ended up being ill, and they had to go find someone, and the person they found was like, "We'll take them to the hospital. They'll they have all these things that they need to get done, so go get the medical help." and Audrey's response was, "No, they're not going to do that for me." And that, that right there is, "No, they're not going to do that for me." Is I felt the whole lesson of this entire piece of work Mm in that just that, and obviously, you know, she opened with it, so maybe that was something that was going on in her mind, and so it seemed to be hinting at Lord's subconscious in the fact that we use our dreams to. In my belief, I feel like we're in our dreams really working through our subconscious and working through the sense of the fact that you will be rejected from receiving medical care because of being a black woman, because being with a woman lover. There's so many themes to rejection there. Yeah. And I was caught up in that story throughout the whole thing. I I kept having to go back to the beginning and be like, okay, wait, this was the dream and now these are her and actually Russia. I was very... It was a hint to reality yeah. versus dreamland. And that got me, I was like, oh, wait, where are we? Is it all reality? Is it all dreamland? <laughs> so that was an even other layer of it.
0: Is it Glass Animals dreamland? Pretty good album. I'm not going to lie. No, absolutely. I think that I, I love that starting off in general was it's a dream. Because then I because w- you're right. I was like, wait is this a dream? No, this is her actual experience. But is that a dream? And it's just funny because what I read from that, yes, that part not shocked me, but in a good way. I was like, yes, okay, let's get some representation up front. Right. But it was just so funny because I was like, yes, even I was like, that's some black woman also just American poisoned trauma shit to literally be dreaming that even in your dream, you couldn't get healthcare. <laughs> but then even in her dream, the Russian woman was like, girl, it's free here. Yeah, all, like, of, all of it's free here. It. I, of course they will. Genuinely still for the first year or two when I would be in Denmark, I was like, no, I can't go to the doctor. I can't afford it. And Oscar, my partner would be like, it is free. And I was like, there's going to be a charge. They're like, no, they're lying. I don't know how you guys are doing it. It's a scam somehow. Oh so God, I just, I took that part where I was like, I love that even in her dream. Her dream was like, mm, I'm not, I don't know. Deep rooted, deep rooted. It is deep rooted. Oh, I love that Exactly. Part. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I'm going to try to pick because I'm literally like tearing off because there's so many. Okay. I'm going to sneak a few quotes in, but just to speak to your point about the space that she was in and being the only black woman, I just related to this point where she's talking about, she's just walking down the Metro station in front of some escalators and she was just sitting there and she was watching the faces of people going by And she was remembering on 14th street in New York, just seeing, you know, so many blacks and Latinos. And she says blacks and Latins colored New York is how she describes it. And she was saying how now though, this is again when she's making the the difference between New York and Moscow or the similarities between uh, New York and Moscow. She says, but now in Moscow, everything is more orderly and the whole place seems much less crowded. The thing that was really strangest of all for the 10 minutes that I stood there was that there were no black people. And just the way she said that, again, I can relate to so many times, not even realizing I'm just a people watcher naturally, and then realizing I've just been staring out into this place for, I don't know, forever long, and have seen no one that looks like me. Mm-hmm. Or it's all, again, it's all a difference. And I don't realize it in the moment because I've just been around it for so much, but her taking that moment to be like the strangest thing of all. Mm-hmm was that there were no black people, even though, you know, this Moscow has this type of bustling feel of New York. It was the diversity that she was missing right. and the belonging list. And I think that's what really goes to my actual quote. That was my prep quote. Does that oh, count? Cool, cool, cool. Um, but she was talking about she and she talks about this saying she went in to go get some food and. She was, all right, I have to do this. The man didn't speak in English. She was, she was, at that point, I pulled out my two trusty phrase books and proceeded to order myself a very delicious dinner of white wine, boiled fish, that was that was lemon picante. I was, okay, girl. <laughs> Olive rich and fresh mackerel, delicate grilled sturgeon with pickled sauce, bread, and even a glass of tea. All of this was made possible by great tenacity and daring on my part and the smiling forbearance of a very helpful waiter who brought out one of the cooks from the kitchen to help with the task of deciphering my desires. And it came out to me cuz I just the immediate the note I put about this whole experience is like this is the fucking resilience that it takes to just fucking exist abroad sometimes. Mm. And it might not seem like a big task but anybody I think who's lived abroad or has tried to order abroad and And has been in a place where you can't, like, language, you don't understand it. And you're trying to just get by. And especially, again, alone, a -hmm. black woman in 1970s Russia. You don't see anybody that looks like you. You don't speak the language. Mm -hmm. But still, you pull out your two fucking phrase books and you get through it. And that's the thing is having the... Brought out one of the cooks from the kitchen to help with the task of deciphering my desires. Mm.
1: Delicious. She show,
0: I, it's so good. She showed up to be like, okay, I'm going to get myself this food, food, food. I'm going to try. I'm going to mm-hmm. try. And some days I will tell you, I do not have the energy to try. Where I'm like, mm-hmm. Oscar, can you please just talk to this man? Because I don't I don't I have can't. the energy to like, okay, let me like get up and clear and be communicating because it takes a fucking work. Mm-hmm. And so I just love that you see her stepping up and being like i'm going to get what i need and you know what's going to happen too is and you can tell just the way she carries herself in this scenario is like people are going to come to help to help decipher my desires so that i don't even have to know exactly what i want or exactly how i want it but i i can know of of the potential of what i deserve i can know of the status of the arena of what I'm looking for and what I'm worthy for. And I'm going to try to go. For- and she's like a good fucking meal, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so- and she's going to get herself by ordering it. And then there's someone else outside of her that she's allowing to decipher her desires. And I was like, girl, I mean, that was the first of many tattoos I'm getting on my body.
1: Decipher my desires. Come on. Seriously. So, that's my one to two part quote. Oh yeah. that that part of the story it's deep and I think it goes into the next quote I was going to share that struck me that I think plays into even that theme of knowing that in that situation where you are you're in a foreign country and my biggest thing was in France and I could easily just sink into the crowds of France and be like no if I don't speak if I'm not if I just act like the French no one's gonna know Mm -hmm. I'm American until I open my mouth girl yeah and So it goes to show how you define your value, and I think that a huge theme in this was how the juxtaposition that she placed between the U.S. and Russia and how Russians define value, and Mm -hmm. one of the quotes was, Russia became the mythic representation of that socialism which does not yet exist anywhere I have been. That was one part of the whole story that she was talking about. Essentially, she she brings it up in a lot of different places in her experiences with Russian women. And there was, everywhere she went, there was women working in places that there was normally men. And she talks about how she learns that there's been so few men around these, around. And the quote is, there have been so few men around these days and service is so hard to get, a Russian woman says to her. And... So she's talking about how like the war changed Russia in a way, and I kept feeling this, exactly how she says, this mythic representation of socialism, and this representation of how women are running Russia at that time, because then they even Mm -hmm. go down to Tashkent and Uzbekistan, and... It's, it's similar there. There are still these women showing up in these powerful roles and it plays into how we define our value as women, as people, as a country. And I wanted to go deeper and deeper on that. But mm-hmm. obviously there were so many other things she was talking about. So I was like, that is just, that was one of the things I didn't feel complete with. I was like, oh, I want to learn yes. more about Russia. and like, so many. Yeah. Like so yeah. many things. I want to learn more about this and the... The roles we all played in that, uh, yeah. So that was a huge part of the piece that I've was questioning and taking so many notes on.
0: I I know there were so many pieces where I was like, oh girl, like could this be a mini series? I just want a little bit another story on this or whatever. Mm, yeah, that was a good. one I loved the the women's strength and how she talks about it. There's a quote I almost put, but it, it didn't make the cut. It didn't make the cut for my favorite. But she goes in more about the Russian women's stature and strength. And it was—it's a, a very empowering part of, of this chapter. Okay, so for my second one, it's a two-part, but not really a two-part. It's—I have a favorite quote, and I have a favorite word that was also on this page that I need to comment on. Oh, so each quote is a two-part. I need to—it's a two-part, which is talking about it. So this one was really deep, and I guess most of mine were just again because I related to it so much. They made mm-hmm. me think, but they made me feel a lot more. Mm-hmm. I would say. And so she talks about. This big surprise that the staff and the organizers of this conference basically surprised her like when she landed and she steps off the plane, there's hundred people and TV cameras and lights and little children dressed in costumes with a bunch of flowers and they all came from the plane. They're like, surprise. And she said, well, you know, it was a surprise, pure and simple. And I was pretty damn well surprised. I was surprised at the gesture, hokey or not at the mass participation in it. Most of all, I was surprised at my response to it. I felt genuinely welcomed. And a simple sentence and simple like, oh yeah, I feel, oh my gosh, that feels really tender. But I was just, again, genuinely welcomed. It just reminded me and brought up so many feelings of times in spaces where I at least felt. I felt conditionally welcomed. I felt either conditionally welcomed because Of so many things, but if I just look at my being a Black woman, there's been times I've been in spaces where I know it was a pity welcome, or I felt at least it was a pity welcome, or... The diversity higher you can think of in mm-hmm. a friend group. Friend groups are like, oh, I want to be cool with the black girl. Like it can go from anywhere of middle school to high school to full on organizations mm-hmm. where I felt conditionally welcomed. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that until now I'm in my life that I'm so grateful for where I know how completely unconditionally abundantly welcomed and loved I am and the relationships and the situations I'm in now. And I didn't know how conditionally you know, Mm -hmm. I accepted things before. So again, that was another like DNA upgrade, just reading that line where I was Mm. like, holy shit, I can recognize the difference. Mm -hmm. And at least I I don't know if that was her tone, but I felt that tone of like, fuck, when people actually show up like that, I'm like, wow, I feel this shit is genuine. Oh my God. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that really hit me. Mm -hmm. And then lower on this page, I just loved it and I looked this up after because I was like is this a word I just did not know or did this bitch coin it and I'm this bitch coined it I'm pretty sure so she just talks about how she was like there are only four sisters in the whole conference in the plane coming to Tashkent I sat with the three other African women and we exchanged chit chat for five and a half hours about our respective children about our ex-old men and all very very hetero cetera <laughs> and I was like wait Hetero, hetero meaning, you know, straight and etc. meaning whatever the rest. And I was dying about that. So and I was good. like, oh my gosh. Being heterosexual myself, which is literally the most boring thing about me, I'll admit it. I was just like, how many times I could imagine I couldn't being a queer person and just being like, oh my god, the hetero cetera of it all just situations that are so heteronormative and mm-hmm. so heterocentered. And I just thought, like, the hetero cetera is just my yes. new favorite. And I I don't even know if I can use it. I'm still even battling with that. But I just know I can
1: appreciate it. So, Yeah, that word was gold. <laughs> Golden. So I think, the, yeah, this last quote, the majority of my quotes are definitely connecting to the differences and similarities between Russia and the United States then and still mm-hmm. now today. And mm-hmm. one of the quotes that as she was riding, she's riding on the train and she says, this land was not industrial so much as it was industrious. Mm-hmm. And I it took me a second to like realize that it wasn't the exact same word. I glanced over it for a second and then I was like, wait a second. Okay, so industrious – is diligent and hardworking and coming back to that value. And then that stood out to me and just thinking again, even at the beginning of the piece of writing, she's also talking about like the first encounter she has with that Russian woman on the plane. And she is very like cold hearted to her, but then she notices she has medals of honor and it plays into the coldness that, Audrey talks about a lot that she feels in Russia. And and it's so interesting because then there's another quote that is tied to this that says, what gets me about the United States is that it pretends to be honest and therefore has so little room to move towards hope. Oof. All of these are connected because I feel there is this feeling of even though Audrey's in Moscow and she feels like it's cold and it feels like she's in new york sometimes and she has to remind herself wait this is a complete different place this is on the other side of the world Mm -hmm. and she's feeling there's this warmth that she does receive from this place and there's this coldness she's also receiving whereas the united states is the opposite of that and it's just this deep two sides of the coin shadow and light happening together through so many different perspectives and lenses that was a good i oof I love this. I love that we read into different parts and pieces of this. Yeah.
0: But my, one of my integration pieces has to do with that storyline that she introduces. Mm. Okay. So my final quote that I want to share because again, this made me just feel and I literally just sat and like closed the book for a little bit and just felt and said a prayer. But basically, this is happening. She's at this part of the conference and there's a speaker who is Chukwo. I believe it's pronounced and it's, they said they are part of Russia closest to Alaska. And so basically the speaker, Tony, she starts speaking through her interpreters and she's talking about how there were, there are only 14,000 Chukwu people left. And so her speech was saying, it's a very sad thing when a whole people cease to exist. And the quote is, and then she sang a little song, which she said her people sing whenever something new happens. Her dark, round eyes and seal-heavy hair flashed and swung in time to her music. It sent a chill down my spine at the time, because although there are 21 million Black Americans, I feel like we're an endangered species too, and how sad for our cultures to die. <laughs> and I'll keep in the emotion because i it just hit me so deep where with all that's been happening this year and with so many cultures also just coming off of Thanksgiving and like, what is Thanksgiving now and how are we celebrating Mm -hmm. it going forward? How are we promoting reconciliation with native Americans who have been on most of the lands we reside? You know, how are we even me in Denmark making reconciliation with the Vikings and the people that were here before, like it's, it's its own thing. And so just that quote, when we talk about, Even when they, when you hear about languages, that there's only like 10 speakers that are trying to keep the language going Mm -hmm. because how much dies when a culture dies Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and culture is something that's so near and dear to my heart. And so that piece was just, oh, the moment for me, which is why I am continuing to research what I do, study what I do and continue to cheer for why we need to save our people, black, brown, queer like of all marginalized groups because there's culture in there there's beauty in there there's knowledge in there there is magic in there for everybody everybody has magic and for a whole culture to die and to be slaughtered truly in so many ways Mm. it's it's an incredible loss to the abundance that is available on this earth
1: i'll leave it at that so that was mine I had a feeling that was going to be your last one, and I almost shared it, and I was like, no, I think that's going to be Candace's. But no, yeah, that line, it is a very sad thing when a whole people ceases to exist. I was Uh, like, okay. The earth moved. I was like, "Oh, oh, 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 oh,
0: yeah. So, okay, let me wrap myself together. Okay, so now we'll do our big button, which is what was the one line or aspect or piece of this chapter? Again, this is notes from a trip to Russia that you are taking away and and choosing to consciously
1: integrate in your life, in your space going forth. Honestly, this, I feel like I have a succinct answer for other chapters I read. This one, I have a laundry list of so much to continuously dig into and think yeah. about. Me too. Um, this, is,
0: I, this is not inclusive. Maybe we'll share our extras. If you guys are curious, we will share extras more. So let us know. But yeah, it's this chapter was fucking chock full.
1: If you know yours, please go, because <laughs> I am like get to it. <laughs> I'll go first. I'll go first because I, I I have to settle on
0: this, or else i I was spinning. I have ten different notes on this page, so I'm gonna choose. I mean, I'm integrating all of the other pieces. It right. was really like healing sessions through this chapter so I was just like okay I'm gonna heal this part but this one was what I'm gonna take away and integrate and it was simple and you were referencing how Audrey's talking about the Russian women and their stature and their ways of being and there's this one piece she says in all of the women I've met here I feel an air of security and awareness of their own powers as women as producers and as human beings that is very affirming hmm And then she does go on to say, oh, there's some stony rigidity that I'm not sure about. But that part before, I was like, yeah, because you can break that apart. How secure am I in my womanhood? How aware am I of my womanhood, truly? And how secure am I in my powers as a woman? How aware of my powers as a woman am I? How aware and secure am I about the fact that I'm a producer, that I'm a fact that I'm a human being? How secure do I feel about that actually? Mm. And I think breaking just apart that sentence, I could go on for a whole month of really asking myself those questions and answering honestly. And so I think that's how I'm going to be integrating this piece of how can I aspire to To seek more security and awareness in my powers as a woman. How can I be more sure about that? How can I lead my life? How can I make decisions with that
1: knowledge, with that awareness, with that security? Mm. Yeah. Okay. Adding that to my list. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all, All the things to just keep digging into. This is hard because I also want to read the whole chapter. That is what I'm integrating. I mean, the whole section of the chapter. But there's this theme, like I was saying, of double messages. And towards the end, it's the very last section. So section seven, where Audra kind of acknowledges that. So she says, so for all of the double messages I received and there were many because of the places in which I stayed, because of both deference and unpleasantness that I received as an American, and because no matter how much is said and done, America still appears to have some magic over many countries. No Mm. matter what the shortcomings were, there is an enthusiasm about the people that I met in Russia, particularly the people I met in Uzbekistan, and I recognize some of the many contradictions and problems that they have. I am deeply suspicious of the double messages that keep coming, And of the fact that they are finished with you. And by they, I mean the government. When they are finished with you, they drop you and you can fall very, very far. So what's new? And she goes on to talk about that. But I think I felt so uneasy this whole time because there was no conclusion. I want a conclusion. I Mm -hmm. want a button on top of everything to be like, see, that's how you solve that. And towards the end, there is double messages. And there is suspicion of the double messages. And the, there is suspicion of what happens in this. And there is no button to life. And that's that's what I feel like I got from this this mm. piece of writing is it is all magic and it is all shortcomings and it is all... Mm. It's all of these, it's both deference and un- unpleasantness and it's beauty and enthusiasm. It feels like the truth being delivered through wor- words rather than a fairy tale.
0: Mm, I love that. Oof. It is so true. There is no real ending to, it's just a sec- you know, one of the sections ends and you're like, oh, but I think that is in its own way, a beautiful lesson and uh, concept in itself. So lovely. Oh my goodness. So this good. was so fun. I'm so <laughs> jazzed about these book club episodes. So if y'all are enjoying it, please let us know and stay tuned. We're going to break all these episodes up chapter by chapter. So again you can jump along with us and we are just so grateful again for you being patrons and in this community with us.
1: We are just so so in love with it. I at least I know I am. Oh, of course. It's really it's awesome to have a space to share all my notes from something I'm reading instead of just keeping them in my notebook and to myself.
0: Yeah, I think this is the I integrate much better with speaking. Yes. Than just keeping it. And it's to so cool time.
1: to have your perspective highlight the things that I either missed or have felt and almost didn't acknowledge.
0: Yeah. Same. Oh yay! This is love this. To do together. So yes, definitely leave us a message. Reach out. We love you all so much, and we will see you in the next episode. Bye bye book club. <laughs> see you there.